Welcome to Dragon Talk. I'm Greg Tito, and I'm joined by Not Shelly. Trevor Kidd. Oh, man, Not Shelly. <laughs> Never going to live that one down. Damn it. Thank you, guy from the internet whose name I can't remember. Uh, he's was all in good fun. He's an awesome dude. Yes, he's but been a great conversation. here to talk uh, to Thomas Foss about Neverwinter's new expansion. Yes. It's called the Cloaked Ascendancy. Which some of you might know what that is, but for the rest of you, we're going to learn a whole lot about We're going to learn. Yes, and for those of you who don't know what Neverwinter is... It's an action MMORPG uh, that you can uh, play on PC. Uh, It's where they get the new content first. So this will come out on February 21st Yes, on PC. Uh, And then it will be on consoles, Xbox One and Xbox 4. Xbox 4, (laughs) sweet. PlayStation 4. uh, And it's free there. Uh, You can download it all for free and uh, check it out and run through all the levels. Fun D&D lore. Uh, set all in the city of Neverwinter. I don't know why I'm. Well, it's in the city of Neverwinter and around because it's kind of it's kind of wilderness and, and craziness up there. So. Correct. Once you get to upper echelons of levels, in yep. fact, uh, what's current right now is the uh, Storm King's Thunder content, which happens in the the frozen north. Yes. Yes, the sea of moving ice. It's really easy module. to put like frozen giant types up there when it's already frozen and mountainous. They kind of like that. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. Except for those crazy frost giants who are like, let's go vacation. Let's go to the Faerun's version of Hawaii. We're going to the tropics. Which might be the moonshade. I don't know. I'll have to think it's one of those things. We should ask Cernet that. Exactly. What is the equivalent of Hawaii? <laughs> and he would say, like, well, there isn't really exactly an equivalent, but here's these 17 different things yes. that are. And Ed Greenwood wrote it. As, I know. Uh, I was like, how do you keep all this in your head? He's got a magical head and a it's magical true. beard. He's, he, I, I know this because I, can, I can't really grow a beard, but uh, uh, my colleagues, such as Greg and and Matt, have, have wondrous beards. I don't like to grow it as long as him, though. He's you have to do it once. I have to see it. I have to see, like, the mountain man beard on Tito. I know. I can't. I don't have... care about your wife or children. Because I, I need to see. I, it's mostly me. It's, like, once it grows, like, underneath the chin area, it gets very itchy to me. Can't you, like, like groom it so it grows out? I guess not, not and like, then like braid it out like a like a dwarf. Well, well, you do that. That'd be cool. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure the braidability of your hair. So, I, I don't know the braidability of my hair either. Like, Is that, that a factor? Is, I don't know. Like, like I'm pretty sure if you would like were to create a character sheet for hair, one of the factors would be braidability, like you know, silkiness, <laughs> uh, softness, uh, braidability. It's uh, in there. Right? Coarseness. Coarseness. Yeah. 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 Uh, fine. Yeah, color, because you have like multiple color factors. I don't know. Oh yeah, I guess that's yeah. true too. All right, well, now I'm going to do it. Challenge gauntlet has been thrown. Oh, man. I'm going to grow a hair gauntlet and throw it right back in your face. Whoa. No, I'm not. If if you braid it into a gauntlet, that would be impressive. You know what? Now I'm thinking about whether dwarves uh, uh, have hair that's braided, and and now I want to talk to Matt Cernit and learn from Laurie Chanel. So uh, uh, That'll probably be coming later. Let's go talk to him. Or earlier. Or now. Right now? Yeah. Sweet. Bong, bong, bong. Welcome to another segment of Lore You Should Know. I'm joined by Matt Cernet. Howdy. And Chris Perkins. Yo. Hello. And today we're going to talk about another adventure in Tales from the Awning Portal, Against the Giants. Which is actually three adventures that were compacted into one. Um, Many times over the course yes, of this public yes, history. Exactly. That's right. I've had a great deal of experience both running these adventures and uh, writing them in some way, shape, or form. Yes. So, uh, so these were originally written by uh, Gary Gygax as well, correct? Yes. That is true. Yeah. In fact, I think historically, Steading of the Hill Giant Chief might be the first Gary Gygax adventure that was ever published. Is it also the, the first module that was ever published? Yeah. Like in, 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 in D&D in, ever? In, in, the, in the sense that we know modules today as these sort of uh, cardboard-wrapped 
small saddle stitched books. Right. Yeah. I'm sure peop, uh, I'm sure Gary and Dave and others had modules that they created for their ho- for their home games and stuff that wasn't in a final published state, but really uh, Steading of the Hill Giant Chief I think was the first to appear in that format. Um, Interesting. Quickly so followed like, thereafter by the other two. Yeah. So it's the the proto adventure, uh, uh, and they were thin. Uh, the original adventures were, I mean, they were really thin. Sixteen um, pages or eight pages? If, yeah, um, yeah, they varied in length. And, and in the case of Against the Giants, they got longer as the series went on. Steading was the shortest, then Glacial Rift of the Frost Giant Jarl, and then uh, Hall of Fire Giant King was actually pretty meaty by comparison. It might, might have been a whopping sixteen yeah, pages. Yeah. And they pack a lot into that space. Oh my goodness. There's so many little details that are just left hanging. So one of my favorites is from um, the Frost Giant, uh, the, Rift of the Glacial Rift of the Frost Giant, Jarl. And well, before we go into the, the giving away details, what are some of the, like, you know, where, where, how does it begin and how does it start? Um, oh, well, that's fantastic because it is hilarious. You have basically been told by some local lord that you have to go and investigate um, this these Frost Giant threats because they've been... The, Combining together and fighting things and attacking things, and that's crazy because frost giants or not frost giants, uh, giants don't normally band together. Um, so they've been banding together, and, and uh, that's crazy. So go find this. If you don't, when you return, they'll cut off your head. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and as a reward, you can keep whatever you find. So best D and D adventure uh, hook I, ever. <laughs> I think maybe yeah. I just wander off and don't come back. Right. <laughs> There's the, a lot of yeah. giants attacking yes. these places. I'm out of here. The conceit is you'll go marching <laughs> off to the Steading of the Hill Giant Chief, and over the course of that adventure, figure out a way to get from there to the next leg of the adventure. There's kind of like a little MacGuffin that's embedded mm-hmm. in Steading that takes you directly to the Glacial Rift. And in Glacial Rift, you'll find a little MacGuffin that will take you directly to the Hall of the Fire Giant King. And if you survive that and get to the end, you realize, oh, it wasn't the giants after all. Yep. Like, there's a sinister force operating behind them, pushing them toward these dark deeds. Who there is always, this force? There always is. Because um, uh, you, a lot of classic Player, the players have been around as long as I have know that Against the Giants is actually the first three adventures in a longer series of adventures that eventually culminates with a showdown in the demon web pits with the demoness Lolf. Yep, there's a lot, and those all threads are all yeah. all there. But Matt's right, um, like those original Giants adventures, they were lean. They were essentially just here is the description of the dungeon, almost very little plot. Uh, he, there weren't complete stat blocks in these adventures. It was just simply referring to monsters from the monster manual. Mm-hmm. At, the best thing you were given was you were told how many monsters were in each room and what their hit points were. Yeah, and, yeah. and you know sometimes you'd be told interactions between the rooms. Right. Like if you know so and so raises an alarm, then these people from this area come and do X, Y, and Z. And sometimes not. And it, it was, I mean, it, it just sort of depended on the adventure whether or not right. you'd get that kind of detail on what part of the adventure you were in. Um, so, like, the, there's a, one of the first encounters you can do in the setting of the Hill Giant Chief is, is that there's uh, some sleeping hill giants that you can encounter. And the way that it's written, I think it's something like no matter what you do, there is a 10% chance of failure. So no matter how clever your plan is, mm-hmm. no matter what you do, there's just a 10% chance that like something random will ruin it. A giant will wake up, a purple worm will pop up through the floor. It doesn't explain how that the, your plan will be ruined, but something will come <laughs> make it go wrong. That's baked into the mechanics. <laughs> 
one of the things a lot of people remember about the setting is that one of the early rooms in the adventure, you actually get to face the hill giant chief. And he's in this gigantic room surrounded by all these other creatures. Uh, it kind of, <laughs> it turns out to be quite a, a, a lot of mayhem uh, early on and kind of defies the expectation that you always fight the boss at the end. Mm. Um, in two of the adventures, you actually fight the boss in the second room or the third room. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of fun. And there's there's great again sort of Gagaxian little twists of phrase where uh, I think there's a room with some uh, young hill giants in it that are basically play fighting, and it talks about like the beefy smacks, <laughs> something some phrase like that. <laughs> beefy smacks. The editor's like, oh, I'm just gonna let that one go by. <laughs> okay. Isn't there also maybe I'm I, this is tickling the wrong memory, but isn't there also mention of like people playing a game in one of these adventures that's similar to them crouching over like small polyhedral shapes? Oh, I don't remember that. Oh, I think I yeah, I might be I wrong as well. That. All right, well, you're the experts. Um, yeah, I don't remember. Okay. That. I like that it was self-referential if it was. <laughs> if not. Uh, so these adventures were, after they were released individually, um, they were collected into an, another module called Against the Giants. Um, and, uh, and then with second edition, it was re-released again. Um, and kind of uh, redone, and more. they added some more giant stuff. I remember Sean Reynolds did a, a Giants-related product that kind of took that basic story and then added some Cloud Giant stuff and some other stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's been updated again and again and again. I know I did a fourth edition updated version for the magazines at one point. And, right. And, um, uh, there was a Revenge of the Giants. There was a Revenge of the Giants in fourth edition, which was sort of, it didn't have anything to do with the Against the Giants. It was a, just a a different giant's Revenge adventure. Revenge or something else. Exactly. Um, and it had lots of weird stuff in it. And then um, now with uh, In Yawning Portal, uh, we've gone back to the original adventures and just updated them to fifth edition, trying to be as faithful to the originals as possible. Yeah, and by we, I mean other people. The, so I was, <laughs> was going to say earlier that one of my favorite parts is in the Frost Giant Jarls uh, thing. And there's a room where... Uh, basically, there's these emissaries of an apparently uh, ogre mage nation? Tribe? Yeah. Something? It's not quite clear. Mm-hmm. And they're there to make a deal with uh, the Frost Giants. And it's like, man, that should be the adventure. There's, they're going to ally with Ogre Mages. These guys can turn invisible and like fly and, <laughs> and cast Cone of Cold. Like, holy cow! But, you know, it's just one room in the, in the adventure and you right. move on. Yeah, you go to the next room and it's like, oh, and here's a bunch of ice frogs right. or ice toads. It's like, what? <laughs> oh, classic oh, D&D, yeah. you're so cute. Uh, you're, here's some nearby Yeti that they, yeah. uh, they work with. Do you think yeah. that was done as a, uh, a way to, like, plant seeds for, you know, uh, a new dungeon master to kind of like, oh, maybe I'll go in that direction with my campaign or maybe I'll go with that direction? I think they were probably included because um, there's just the idea of ogres and giants and so on being allied. And obviously yeah. uh, um, the ogre mages casting Cone of Cold, you know, the, there's sort of a simpatico thing there. But mm-hmm. a lot of things like that were jumping off points in old adventures because they just didn't have a lot of that detail or, or, or hand-holding. And so, you know, you, it, was, it was sort of good and sort of bad. I mean, if, if you were an inexperienced DM, you'd look at that and sometimes you'd say, I don't know how to handle this. 
But if you're, you know, more experienced, you, you look at that and be like, oh, I can do all kinds of crazy things with this idea. You know, I can help yeah. spawn a whole new adventure off of that. And mm-hmm. so it, it was kind of good, kind of bad. Yeah. I think part of it, too, was, you know, Gary would design a map of a dungeon, which would fill up an entire page. Oh, right. And he'd create all these rooms, and then he'd have to fill them. Um, and then so. sometimes a story would, would occur and sometimes yeah. not. I think in just the, the process of filling rooms, he, you know, flipping through the monster manual and thinking, well, I can't put more ice toads. I've already used them. <laughs> I can't put more Yeti. I've already used them. You start to, your mind starts to concoct something, you know, more imaginative ideas. Right. And then space just precludes going too far into any detail. Makes sense. Um, and uh, King Schnurr, I guess we haven't mentioned also, but he's uh, oh, yes. a pretty good, uh, uh, well-known villain uh, yes. from from against the giants. Yes, the 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 three of them. He's probably the best known. Yeah, um, by he's, name, um, and he's a he's a bad hombre. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tom, honestly, Tom I mean, Gold. he's gotten a lot of the press, but really, we should be talking about Queen Fruppy. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Well, Wait. one of the things that... Fruppy? Yeah. yeah Why yeah. have I never Seriously. heard of Queen Fruppy okay. before? So one of the wonderful things about Hall of the Fire Giant King is that you meet a villain who's married, <laughs> which is not something, incidentally, that happens a lot. You don't get to see the villain relationships or get any sense that they have relationships. Yeah. They're just like monsters at the end of the dungeon. But you can imagine Snurry actually, um, you know, he has a life, and part of that life is Queen Fruppy, and she is a force of nature that resides in the dungeon with him and is as formidable and terrifying as you can imagine. A veritable harridan and a sly and cunning horror. Yes. Is, <laughs> is that a direct quote? Yes. It is. Nice. Um, she, yes, she is quite a, quite a beast. If anything, uglier than Snurry. <laughs> Now I want to... They make, uh, they make uh, a heck of a team, those two. <laughs> now I want to ask... I mean, we had Luke Gygax on uh, uh, the podcast a few yeah. weeks ago. I want to ask him, who is he talking about here? <laughs> yeah. Who knows? Um, it was very important to me in working on Storm King's Thunder that I at least at least give the fire giants in that adventure as much personality as Dick Gary tried to do and what space he had with his. I think he might have succeeded. Well, yeah, my, my, my fire giant guy is married too, and... She is also a force of nature. <laughs> a sly and cunning... Herodin. Herodin, that's <laughs> the word. Yeah, yes. Nice. Uh, cool. Well, if, if for those of you who don't know, King Snorri is uh, depicted on the 5th uh, edition Player's Handbook. Yep. Uh, and uh, so if you're trying to come up with a visual of what that is, just pick up your Player's Handbook PHB. There he is. There he is. Um, and of course, uh, Tales of Yawning Portal has all updated art uh, for for a lot of these characters. I'm not going to say all of them, but uh, and uh, new maps and stuff, mm-hmm. so that uh, it feels like uh, you were playing Storm King's Thunder uh, uh, with the same kind of publishing um, standards that we have for those uh, with these new adventures, new versions of these adventures, rather. All right, thank you guys so much uh, uh, for talking about Against the Giants. I know there's a lot more there to get into, uh, but we'll let you guys go to your busy days. Thank you very much. Bye, everybody. Bye. Oh, man. I love it when Chris and Matt talk about whatever they were just talking about. I just love it when they talk. I just want to hear their tones and be like, oh, they're so dreamy. It is nice. No, but... uh, We were going into uh, different adventures. I'm not sure which segment that was, but it's different adventures that'll be in Tales from the Yawning Portal. Oh, yes. Which is coming out on April 4th, widely. It'll be out uh, March 24th, I think, uh, in game stores before that. Um, So go check that out. I love your uncertainty. I know. Uh, I gotta go up high. (laughs) Exactly. Um, So, yeah, of course, it's seven awesome dungeons from D&D past Mm -hmm. bundled and packaged together into all 5th edition goodness. Tales from the Yawning Portal, 
check yeah. it out. There's some cool, there's some cool new, you know, images, a little bit of lore in there. Yeah. But the cool, one of the cool things is like all of you check out the cover and see if you can find all the Easter eggs Ooh. that are in the cover. Yeah. Based on the adventures that, that are inside. And there's new maps. Yes. Like new. They're like pretty. Cryptography. Mm-hmm. Yeah. None of the line, you know, just a, a two ink, uh, black and white drawings that a lot yeah. of the older modules had. Like. I love the nostalgia value of those. They're cool. But seeing them in, in like new style yeah. and like with new new cartographers going after it, it's, it's pretty cool. It brings the fire. It brings the heat. It brings the heat. Right. Uh, all right. So now we're on to talk to Mr. Thomas Foss. Yes. About Neverwinter, which we kind of touched on earlier. So. Yes. Neverwinter the city and Neverwinter the MMO. It's a game. It's a city. We play it. We live it. We talk we about do. it. You can tell we're on our game today, folks. <laughs> Greg and I are just, just making out over here on the microphone. Wait, what? We can't see that. <laughs> well, not after the, the, the face-sucking noise you made. Anyway, Thomas is going to like class this joint up a lot in a few <laughs> minutes. So uh, let's get him on, on the phone here. What, you only going to look classy? <laughs> Ahoy, gents. All right, awesome. Thanks for joining us, Thomas. Hey, good to have you guys. It's good to have you back again. Yes. Talking Neverwinter. I'm excited to be here. Roll for initiative. Uh, got your dice ready? I didn't bring dice. That was hor- Oh, what? Good job there, Tito. Good job. I got a 400. <laughs> 400. Uh, yeah. Okay. I got. I got a three. You <laughs> win. You we use question. We use special <laughs> dice up here in the office. Yeah. Uh, we always win initiative. <laughs> nice D and D dice. If that, that were true. That were if true. only that were true. That'd be amazing. <laughs> you can't surprise me. Uh, so, Thomas, we're having you on to talk about the next Neverwinter expansion uh, that's coming out to PC very soon, uh, February 21st. Is that right? That is correct. Oh, wow. And it's called The Cloaked Ascendancy. The Cloaked Ascendancy. It's a cool name. It is a cool name. Are there any hidden bad guys? Uh, <laughs> well, actually, I can. Uh, the Cloaked Ascendancy comes from a really cool, iconic part of Neverwinter, which is the Cloak Tower which is the tower of all the wizards. It was the school of wizardry where they'd go to study. And um, the story really unfolds around four wizards that were part of the cloak ascendancy before the spell plague. And then uh, for those uh, lower people out there, they realized that uh, during the spell plague, the cloak tower just got ripped out of, out of Neverwinter. But then it came back, but not necessarily in the same place. It kind of showed up somewhere up in the tower district. But uh, none of the wizards inside were found. Mm. So, I know, it has that kind of uh, X-Files kind of feel to it. Uh, but that was very intriguing to us. Um, and uh, uh, moving a little bit farther in on that, although I'll, and I'll go to a bit more backstory, but uh, on the Wizards, something that was cool, and the inspiration for them was, um, for any uh, players of D&D, and Neverwinter, as, as I know that you're out there, uh, you'll no, look None of them are listeners of this podcast. Yeah, we don't, that'd be, that'd yeah people crazy. who play D&D, we don't, we don't talk to them. <laughs> The, the, when you go through some of the maps, like the, the Cloak Tower or the Clock Tower maps, or even some of the old things, you'll see uh, these wonderful paintings. I think uh, even Broad of the Seer has one in her, uh, in, in, in her state shop, right? The, uh, there's these wonderful paintings of uh, wizards from times gone by. Mm-hmm. And we kept looking at those. And I'm like, who are these wizards? What's the story of these wizards? And really, it was that art that kind of inspired part of the story of the Cloak Descendancy. That's cool. Oh, I love that. It's like a yeah. Harry Potter meets uh, D&D meets uh, 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 Thomas Foss. <laughs> you have those kind of contractual things. I don't know if I can say those names, but yeah, it's kind of exa- <laughs> exactly that. Yeah, and, it, and it's coming straight out of some of the those pictures, I think, were originally uh, out of uh, one of the campaign guides. I love stories so, inspired by art, so that's always really yeah. cool. Yeah, me too. 
So, so the rest of the story, let me kind of jump into the idea also of the Clifton Ascendancy, sure. was that um, as we were looking at what module we're going to be doing next, I've been looking and I'm like, man, we've been spending a lot of time in the North, right? You know, just all the hard-fought campaigns against Charles Starboard and the Frozen North and the Sea of Moving Ice. I'm like, it's time to come home. It's time to kind of bring, bring players and heroes back to Neverwinter, yeah. you know, dry off your clothes, hang up your trophies, check your mail, <laughs> all that stuff. <laughs> And then, and then, uh, you know, defrost the fridge. Uh, but then, well, it just really just kind of come home, and 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 you know, and then when you get home, you realize that home's not safe, and so you have to kind of make home safe again. And that was really the between that and the ideas of the the paintings is kind of how the cloak descendancy came about, right? You're like, what what is the new threat? Well, we've been you know beaten on the kneecaps of giants for a very long time. What would be a cool new thing? Well, magic. Magic is a huge part of D and D, and there's lots of wizards around. It's time to fight some wizards in their style. Yeah, and that, yeah, and that's that's where we brought into the idea of cloak descendancy. Those are the the seeds that came together to make that happen. That, and I really just wanted to come back to Neverwinter. So, uh, so maybe connect the dots for people here. I, I know because I've read the press release ahead of time. Yeah. Uh, but the. Uh, uh, the cloak descendancy refers to those mages who uh, were disappeared. That is correct. Yes, because they came out of the cloak tower. So uh, in the story, what happens is uh, as you come home, you're kind of the local boy mate or gal uh, or half orc. You never tell <laughs> elf. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> or good. androgynous being. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Yeah, the local hero made good. Local kid made good. Right. Uh, so uh, the other thing we wanted to point out to players and really stress is that. You're not just another adventure anymore. You're like you're you're a big hero. You're you're well not. So so now like Knox isn't giving you missions anymore. You're Knox's drinking buddy, right? <laughs> you guys are like veterans of this war. Literally, you're his drinking buddy. Uh, and uh, and now Lord Neverember is talking to you like on a one-on-one kind of scale, like a confidant, right? He's not He's just here. lording down to you. He's like, hey, hey, I need help. Here's some cool stuff. So. Uh, Never remember, you know, he's from Waterdeep and he's got some financial issues and, you know, paying off people and, and as you do from a Lord of Waterdeep. Uh, so he realizes that they need to expand Neverwinter. And the the River District, it used to be the most, um, uh, it was where all the rich people live. Think of it as kind of like the Venice section of, of Neverwinter, right? right? Uh, it, it's the port city. It's where all the rich merchants and trade came through. So Neverwinter's like, hey, we should open this back up. There's probably a lot of treasure there. And, and in the vaults and stuff, because those guys just got up and left when the spell plague happened, mm-hmm. right? Um, so he wants to reclaim this area, but in order to do it, he needs some heroes to also help kind of um, uh, make sure it's safe, right? You know, kind of help clear it out. Uh, so the, the beginning of it is a dedication to our fallen hero, Makos, who in Sea Moving Ice, you know, goes down, right? Mm-hmm. So we're doing a dedication. Spoiler alert. And, <laughs> yes, a little bit of spoiler alert. But, uh, but during the dedication, these wizards show up and they say, we are the Cloak Descendancy. And uh, we, uh, you know, we, we want to take over Neverwinter. And one of them, this fellow named Girion, is wearing the crown of Neverwinter. Oh. And behind him, he's got all the Nashers backing him up. Oh. So, so they, because the Nashers are all about the reclaimment of the throne, right? Yep. You know, yeah, Neverwinter's always had the crown, right? You know, as the protector of the crown. But, uh. You always wonder, like, if, if uh, it's something we bandy about here at work uh, at Cryptic Sue is like, you know, if a real pretender to the crown actually showed up, what would what would Neverwinter act, never ever actually do with him? You know, we just, you know, they just find him at the bottom of the river. <laughs> like, 
what he actually said, oh yeah, you're you're the rightful guy. Here's the crown. Uh, I think he likes the power too much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's always always something that we talk about. So um, so part of this campaign is the players being one on one time with Never Ember and finding more about him and his backstory. And it's also about taking out these wizards that are trying to take over Never uh, Neverwinter. Yeah, you always got to watch that Never Ember Never Winter combo. It's a uh... It's always yeah. fun to say that lots. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah I, it is. I love, I mean, one of the things I love about Neverwinter is that it's got this Wild West feel, and the fact that you've gone back to that with like, hey, look, there's this whole part of the town that we still haven't gone back to because, you know, it was all ruined and destroyed, and there's probably horrible things living there. Let's go clean that up and get some treasure. I love that kind of thing going back to the city because it, it does remind me, oh, yeah, the city's been through some crap, and uh, yeah. it, still, it still hasn't recovered. Uh, so I, I, I love the fact that you guys are going back to the, to the city. Yeah, there's a lot of good resources there, man. You know, reclaim magic, reclaim weapons, riches, all that stuff there that, you know, it's right in your own backyard. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and uh, the other cool thing that this uh, allows us for this, uh, for the Cloak Descendancy, is we get to go back and, and uh, talk to contacts and people that we haven't talked to in a while and start filling in their stories, too, right? You know, uh, been playing a lot more D&D, just tabletop stuff, and, and realizing that, um, you know, you roll the dice a few times during the night, but there's a lot of storytelling involved. And we don't want to, you know, turn into a soap opera. We still want to, you know, swing our swords a lot in Neverwinter. But we wanted to add more of that story. So you start finding out more about, like, Broad of the Sage or, or uh, you know, heading down. Uh, oh, I'm trying to think of some of the other content. I'm not going to spoil it all. There we go. I'll just, I'll just give it all away. <laughs> give it the whole story away. I'm not going to spoil it. But you get to meet a lot of people that you've talked with before, find out more about their stories, help them out. They help you out. And it just, again, I want to get that feeling that, that you're the, the big-time kid coming home and being a hero. Yeah, how much of that, I mean, but what can you tell us, because I don't want you to spoil too much, but what can you tell us about that, what you're doing to increase that feel, right? Like, oh, look, I'm a bigwig. Like, are you kind of a, a lord in Neverwinter now? Like, have they, are they giving you titles and stuff? Is there anything else you can talk about how, how that feels being portrayed? Well, we can't give you titles because that's a whole different class system, yeah, right? Yeah, that's true. Indeed. Although we have looked into it. Uh... Well, uh, it's just, again, it's it's the kind of challenges that you're going up against. I mean, you're going up against top wizards now, mm-hmm. and the people that you're that you're working with to uh, to fight against them are people like Lord Never Ember, mm-hmm. uh, Nox, you're fighting side by side with Nox, uh, and, uh, and, you know, Kavatos, who we saw in um, Sea Moving Ice. Mm-hmm. He now comes over because Makos is gone, spoiler alert. Uh, <laughs> The, uh, that um, so now Kavatos has come over as as the uh, court mage, if you will. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So so uh, yeah, it just it's also um, in the story writing how people are reacting to you, you know, and in re- remembering you, you know, like uh, I think Brother of the Sage looks at you like ha. Ah! I remember when you came in here in rusty armor. Look yeah. at you now. You know, yeah. that kind of thing. That's right? just pretty cool. Like the fact that like Nox gives you some of your first missions and now you're like, hey, let's go do this thing together. It's like, okay, like, we're on the same level now. Yeah. So, and that's something that, uh, you know, as we move forward with the rest of the modules, really just trying to get more of that feel, that, that inclusiveness of the D&D type thing. We're fans of that. Yeah, yeah. And now, is, are there some uh, uh, artifact weapons that are available to play with as well? Maybe. <laughs> Actually, uh, there are some cool uh, artifact weapons that we have, the weapons of the Ascendant. And uh, one of the things that we also looked at was uh, we didn't want to just give one set Right, we actually built four different relic sets. Nice. Uh, or actually, not relic sets. Uh, the the ascendant sets. So, yeah, uh, based on each of the four wizards, um, we built a set that works well with them. Right. So this gives players different choice. So, 
uh, you know, different favored by different roles, which weapon set you want to pick. So, you know, the, the healers are going to heal, so they might want the, the face set with the healing bonus that comes from Nastura, or, um, or you know, tank's going to tank, so they, you know, they got the life forge set, which has better defense bonuses. So, and then we've got, you know, of course, you know, we've got uh, damage bonus sets too. Mm -hmm. So it really gives you uh, some flavor of what you want to pick and, um, and choice. And that's actually something I, I want to stress is, is uh, this whole zone uh, the whole um, the whole module uh, we really built around uh, player agency mm -hmm. and a lot of player choice. So even even on the campaign itself, um, when you are going in, it's not just a linear fill in the boxes, go to the next step, fill in the boxes. When you're going to fight the different wizards, you have a choice of which wizard you want to actually go after. That's right? pretty cool. Uh, yeah. So like, oh, you know, what? we're going to go this way. We're going to go. You know, we're going to fight Jirian first, or we're going to go and then fight um, uh, Cabal. Uh, and, and or I should give giving the the whole names right. Cabal the Flame Soul is actually a, he's a cool wizard because he's he's actually uh, uh, a wizard who when he was pulled into the spell plague uh, figured out how to build certain armors that would basically hold his soul in and keep him alive. Right, oh, so wow. that's, that's that's like his shtick. Yeah. So well, he's he, not quite a lich, but he's he's pretty close. <laughs> he he's he's kind of a lich, kind of a wizard, kind of a. He's almost like made his own phylactery, right? But it's like a moving golem phylactery. Yeah. And he's got, but he's more like Iron Man wizard because he's got different sets that he can move in and out of. That's pretty oh, awesome. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but anyway, um, so... you yeah you can you can go uh, to different parts of of the river district and you and each area where the wizard is kind of like laid claim to is um, the the terrain and the environment is influenced by them. So when you go to Cabal's area, there's like lava bubbling up through the streets and you know and whatnot. Or if you go to a Girian's area, uh, Girian the Transcendent, who is really more touched by the spell plague than anyone, his area has a kind of blue spell plaguey thing. And all of his critters, all of his minions are are spell plague kind of type critters, right? Interesting. And, so, and then there's uh, oh, go ahead. Oh no, yeah, yeah, go forth for all the the four mages. Yeah, well, uh, so the the last uh, the the third one in in the in the in the river district would be Nastur of the Stone Eye, and she was a, a fey wizard that was actually uh, um, trained by a hag. So uh, her she has that kind of fey wild animal and creature handling kind of thing. So it's like she took over the beautiful park that used to be in the neighborhood and then just turned it into you know this crazy looking fey wild area. Nice. Yeah, so it's 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 really cool. The artist did a fantastic job. And, and when you go into an area, you really start feeling like, you know, you're not in Kansas anymore. I love that. I love that. So what I was going to ask was, does Girion have, uh, uh, how does he hold claim to the, to the, to the throne? Ooh, well, he's, he's, he shows up wearing the crown. <laughs> That's step one. So he just got it. <laughs> yeah. And he says that his transcendency, uh, that, that his lineage, uh, is part, is part of the, uh, uh, of who, who can own the crown, whose name I'm forgetting right now. That's pretty dreadful. But, um, but so part of your first quests is to is to find out if that's really true. Oh, okay, good. So that, uh, see, that's where my line, yeah. my mind went. So I'm glad the yeah, yours went yeah, that yeah. same yeah, way yeah, so, to be like, so, is is he lying? He's totally lying. He's got to be lying, right? Oh shit, he's not he, lying. I don't know. I don't know. But I'll tell you what. Even even Neverember's jealous. Uh, jealous. So the first thing he or, or curious, he's like, hey, come with me. Let's go down into the crypts and just check this out. And that's another cool thing. Uh, if you remember, well, you may not because it was a long time ago. But like, right around level four, your very first uh, mission, right off the off of the bridges, right when you fight the bridges, yeah. when you come in zone, is to go down into the crypts of the nine, mm -hmm. right? So, we're taking you back down into those crypts. But now you're going down there with Never Ember. 
That's cool. Oh, that is cool. Right? To, like, find out, like, is the crown still there? That's right. The crown was stolen uh, in those early quests, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they stole it again. And they stole it again. I'm not I'm saying, yep, I'm not saying that. They just duplicated it. I'm I'm saying it's a fake crown. It's a fake crown. (laughs) It could be. (laughs) Yes, I did. There's one more wizard in the group, and that's that's Lucan. And uh, he is... um, so he's Lucan of the Mystic Veil, and he's an illusionist. So that's kind of how he survived when being ripped into the spell into the in, into the spell plague realms, right? Into the far realms is by building illusions and an illusionary world around him. And he's kind of like the he's kind of like the third wheel of the group. <laughs> as as a, illusionists tend to be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like yeah, okay, and the bard, come on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, uh, but but uh, so we use him. He has actually built a beautiful and awesome. Uh, uh, he's taken over the stores and built a skirmish game for players to play. Oh, and, uh, yeah, uh, it's a, yeah the mad illusionist gambit, and uh, so he's not really there to kill you. He's making illusionary creatures for you to fight and have fun, and uh, it's actually um, a really awesome skirmish. Again, uh, playing with a, the one of the main goals of uh, that we're moving forward is replayability and and um, and changing up of things so it's not the same thing over and over again. So each time you play. The skirmish, you don't know who you're going to be battling. You don't know on, on uh, what the terrain's going to be like for the battle. And you didn't even know, like, it could be like an icy floor or there could be flames flying around. It's all this great challenges that you have to deal with. And it randomizes. Uh, so each time you play, it'll be a totally different challenge. That's pretty cool. If only yeah. you could make a save to disbelieve all the illusions. Like, I win <laughs> just constantly. Almost. It doesn't quite work that way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but but there is what there isn't well kind of does there's there's a thing called the pressure luck right so after each big challenge wave the the team can can uh, can vote on whether they want to keep going and they can cash out then and get a prize or they can keep going and get a better prize if they if they go all the way to the end nice no whammies no whammies stop yeah it's like and now you fight a dragon crap <laughs> we should have stopped. It's, it's an illusion dragon. A it's okay. an illusion. It's an it illusion. feels like a real dragon. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Yeah, it does when you get back. Yeah. Even even more interesting. Uh, once you, uh, if you if you get pwned and you have to respawn, uh, you actually have to walk through a real gauntlet of of traps to get <laughs> back to the fight. No way, really. Oh, that yeah. that's gonna really break people's psyches. <laughs> Don't do this to us, no. <laughs> like, don't die is yeah. the takeaway here. Yes. Well, that's yeah, the, true the, of every game, right? Yes. The replayability was something, and, and again, and the agency of choice is something that we've been really looking towards uh, expanding upon in, in the game as a whole. Um, right, you know, because adventurers are adventurers. They want to adventure. It's great to have some good storylines and story arcs to go through them, but also to give players a choice of, like, how they want to do that adventure. And so that's a, a big, been a big goal of mine since we started Sea of Living Ice. Yeah, that's the tri- the treasure hunting was a good a good point of that, right? Yeah, I like the idea of going, being able to choose which wizard to go after, and 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 even you know, like you're talking about this illusion thing, like whether you know how far you want to go. I mean, that's that, those are things that players really respond to. Player agency is a big part of D anD D, so it's always great to see it in, in Neverwinter as well. Yeah, yeah. So you mentioned you were playing uh, uh, some some D and D tabletop. What's uh, what has been your game lately? I have been. I have been. Um, I actually um, I'm kind of a um, I'm kind of a cooler for a friend's D and D game. Uh, so every time he needs somebody to come in and mess with the party, I get to play like the the regular NPCs that come <laughs> in and kind of mess with people. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome! 
<laughs> you be, so, so you're a professional troll is what I'm hearing. <laughs> that's a good way of putting it. <laughs> hey, come, come in and mess with my party a little bit. Sweet. I got this. Yep, you, last time last time I helped break one of their guys, uh, one of their uh, players out of jail, uh, and it cost them a bunch of money. But I'd already had the player broken out of jail, uh, so I just split the money with her, and we did this whole uh, <laughs> this whole tricksy thing. It was really fun. Nice. But yeah, <laughs> that's cool. So I'm glad you didn't, you know, mess with them combat wise. You messed with them uh, you story. Know, story and or character wise. Yeah, yeah. Well, the the DM needed them to to be broke so they could go on this other adventure and take this. You know, take this uh, contract that, that he wanted them to take. So I basically uh, fleeced him. That's, that's awesome. A, that's a great idea. It's like, hey, come on in and uh, swindle my players so that they have the desire to go get more gold. It'll be good for everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm for hire everybody. So if you need that, that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll fly you up to Seattle just for that. It'll be great. I don't know, Ben, man, Ben Petra, so I don't know if I could actually steal him out of his money. He'd read right through me. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yeah, he's... Uh, uh, very thrifty. He doesn't always play the smartest of characters, though. That is he, true. He lets that go. We're, we're playing a game on Mondays now where he is a not super smart bard, dwarf bard, and he plays that up super well. <laughs> I love it. Very cool. <laughs> what instrument does he play? Like the hurdy gurdy? Um, <laughs> I don't remember. The he, pan flute. I don't remember. It's been so long since he's actually busted out some some musical. Yeah. Oh, I want I want to be like a, a smart ass and be like it's a spoken word monk or something. I mean right. a spoken word bard, but I don't I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> it's a, like a, a a nose humming. Yeah, we go. <laughs> the beatbox bard. He, he just whistles. The beatbox bard. Oh man. Uh so that's cool. Uh well, are you are you thinking about uh I mean, do you take those ideas from the tabletop and ever want to insert them into uh design of Neverwinter? I mean, I'm obviously you're talking about stuff, you know, years down the road, but, you know, is there anything that you've ever uh, done like that where you've, you know, played something and then felt inspired? Yeah, I, I mean, well, the gelatinous cube, uh, the first time I played D&D &D after the Chainmail Worlds, I had the blue box D&D, &D, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I never survived, like, the first three months out of it. I talked to my next-door neighbor, Lance, into being the, D, the, the, the GM because I wanted to play in it. I played a dwarf, and back in those days, like, everything was made sure, like, in, you know, you move 60 feet a turn. Well, a dwarf moves 60 feet a turn and so did gelatinous cubes. Uh, <laughs> so I never survived until I finally rolled an elf. Like, uh, I can't get past the stupid cube. And I just die. So, yeah, so, you know, I've, I've turned that on to our players. or uh, And, well, actually, I turned it on to the team first by by setting up gelatinous cube traps. But, yeah, I've, I've done it on the team. Yeah, I'm always inspired by that stuff. That's pretty cool. I, I always wonder, like, how many characters or NPCs in the world of Neverwinter actually come from the development team? We're just like, this is this is my character from this time. This is my character. I would be, I would be doing that left <laughs> and right. I'd be like, here's all my famous characters, quote unquote famous, the ones that I remember. I'm putting them in this game. Right. Immortalized for life. <laughs> we do it. Yep. Yep. As uh, you should, sir. Yep. There's a friend actually in um, in Rothay Valley, uh, the mayor um, Olaf the Mediogre, uh, <laughs> nice. is actually a friend of mine. One of his one of his characters. That's yeah, awesome. So. <laughs> the Mediogre. An homage to him. I love that. The mediocre. That's so mm -hmm. good. <laughs> I have to go hunt that guy down. Yeah, I know. Now I gotta go find him. Yeah. I would do that after a while, but then I would run out of characters and be like, okay, this is uh, Sir Lamp. Uh, <laughs> this is Bob Microphone. Sir Lamp the Shade. <laughs> Just like things you see in the room. <laughs> well, luckily, luckily I have some good lore masters around me. Uh, my good friend and, and uh, one of the uh, lead designers here, uh, Randy Mosens. One of my uh, systems right. or uh, content designers, rather, right. is my lore master. So he's great with names, and he's he's a writer. So he's really good with names. So he can always come up with cool names for us. 
we use Matt Cernet as our lore master. So, like, tell me something D&D about this place I didn't know. Exactly. And then often it ends up on a podcast. So <laughs> I get to listen to Greg and Matt talk about cool stuff about the Forgotten Realms that I never knew. That's true. And then when you were talking about the Never Ember and the, you know, Waterdeep and the founding of Neverwinter and all that, I was like, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. that all is tied yeah. into that. So, and I'm like, oh, yeah, Never Ember is not the open lord of Waterdeep anymore. He's, he's kind not. of been ousted. So yeah. he's probably... Yeah. Just doing exactly. his Neverwinter thing. So go check out our old uh, Laurie Cheneau episodes on that, and uh, we'll try to put some of those in the... Uh, uh, I'm going to steal something from Matt Colville. And do it. It's in the uh, gobbledygoo under, underneath the... It's uh, in the, the gobbledygoo pod- underneath the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that. We'll have some links under there, maybe. Maybe. In the dungeons. So, hey, speaking of dungeons, I haven't talked anything about the dungeons for uh, M11. Yeah. That's the perfect segue, because I think Trevor was about to do the same thing. I was. Tag your it. Okay, you talk about it, Trevor. I don't know. I, I, okay, here's me talking about it. So tell us about the dungeons <laughs> in uh, the, the, <laughs> new, initiative. the new modules. Right. <laughs> yes, so uh, listening to the players a lot, we've been getting a lot of, uh, of people asking, when are we going to bring some of the old dungeons back? Because when we did the level cap raise, we closed out closed down some of the dungeons and, made them, uh, and just didn't bring them back yet. Yeah. So um, you guys still there? Yeah, sorry. Oh, cool. It sounded like it, I'm, I'm disconnected. Uh, so we brought back Spellplague Caverns because it's the perfect time to do it. Uh, so we basically uh, refurbished and remastered the leveling up dungeon, cleared out all the bodies, set up the lighting. Uh, <laughs> one of our artists, Patrick Pope, did a great lighting pass on it and some cleanup on it because we've learned a lot in how we're building dungeons from when we first did it. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we also built an epic version. And in the story of the epic version, uh, it's all of the wizards trying to open up uh, their portals and so you have to fight all of them in, oh, nice. in, in kind of succession in order, right? And all of their minions and try and stop them from from uh, from basically they're trying to use basically the spell play caverns as kind of a big battery, yeah, right? Because uh, it's just essence of battery to open up their portals and bring and bring about you know catastrophe or as they think it alt catastrophe to uh, to Neverwinter. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's a really challenging challenging dungeon. It's a lot of fun. Is it the only place you end up fighting the four wizards, or are they fought elsewhere in story? Oh, no, no, no. Uh, in in each of the story arcs uh, that you go against them, you you basically fight them and close them down as well, or banish them. Yeah, you get a chance on. And in uh, in our heroic encounter events that we have in the zone, um, I think I can't remember if we put this in or not. Uh, I have to double check. But uh, sometimes they are also supposed to show up in the zone. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like by his, the way, big like bad his, wizards here. Yeah, like random big bad uh, guy. Mm-hmm. Who will kill you dead? Don't quote me on that. I can't remember. If we actually finally ended up doing that. Well, you're yeah. gonna have to do it at some point now. Because exactly. It's in the podcast. Yeah, you're gonna have to <laughs> hot fix that in with a patch. I mean, it could be a year from now, as long as people get it at some point, right? Yeah. Sure. They well, talked about I, this cool thing they were all excited about. Well, let's talk about game design a little bit and and uh, and things, right? Um, you get a lot of ideas and we start building up a lot of things and some of it we keep testing and tuning before we let, let it go live. Some of it we just end up realizing we don't have enough time to get the polish in for. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and so some things go on the back burner. Other things we just have to plain cut, right? Uh, it's, it's it's one of the things that you that's part of, you know, getting a module out. Uh, so sure. th- there are a lot of cool things that don't always make it. Yeah, it's always the sad part. And you're like, here's all this cool stuff. We don't have time for all the cool stuff. Well, and, well, and and, and uh, exactly, but uh, also part of that that time thing is uh, looking back uh, on Neverwinter itself, and then seeing some of the stuff that was cool, 
but didn't get the love it needed. Mm -hmm. So we needed to actually, you know, I'm dedicating a lot of my team's time on going back and polishing, looking at power sets, looking at, you know, the item levels, looking at, uh, uh, you know, everything, professions and RP, all this stuff down the future that we're looking at and and even working on now uh, to make the game run smoother. And, and, and I'll thank the players again on the forums. They've been fantastic in giving us great feedback and, and, and you know, want to make the game that they want to play. And I've inherited this game coming back to it. You know, I've been here, what, now uh, five months, six months? Yeah, and, uh, and so I see all these things that, I, you know, that when I'm playing the game I want to fix, and I see that the players want it fixed too. So we are dedicating a, a good part of our time into doing that. That's awesome. Uh, you mentioned, you know, the leveling dungeon version of, of the new stuff. Is there mm -hmm. uh, is there going to be a good amount of content that, like, I would say lower level or newer players can can still go through with, with the new module? Uh, it is mostly set up for the high level stuff. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, but you you can queue for the dungeons. Yeah, yeah. Things up. Yeah. That'll still be fun. Um, in there in in the if you want to, if you're lower level and you still want to go check out the river district, um, the main basic area that you go through when you start when you land in it is is actually pretty safe. Uh, you know, but I'd say just you know team up with a buddy, go yeah. in there. It doesn't so take like, long to level up. Yeah. It's fun time. Yeah, find somebody, or just find somebody to help you, or get a fast mount. Just right down. There the you go. Yeah. <laughs> and check it out. But down down by the down by the wharf area, unless there's the treasure hunting, uh, uh, the treasure ship comes in, then it's kind of crazy down at the bottom because everybody's trying to attack it. But uh, you know, it, it's fairly safe. Go check it out. I want to go attack yeah. a treasure. Just ship. be faster than the gelatinous cube, and yeah. you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> well, you just have to be faster than the poor guardian fighter next to you. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you'll be fine. So, Thomas, what has the uh, response been from PS4 players? Have they really gotten into, uh, uh, you know, having a, as good a response as the X1 play, X1, Xbox One players did? The PS4 players have been fantastic, and uh, they've really, uh, they've really uh, caught on to the game and been playing it and, and seem to be enjoying it quite a bit. Uh, I, as a matter of fact, I just bought a PS4. I've been, I've been an Xbox player, and I just bought a PS4 because I want to jump in and start playing on that, uh, much to my children's happiness. <laughs> they're, they're like, like new game system this? it's like Christmas and it's not Christmas yet uh, <laughs> like yeah finally time to, 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 to set this up so that's pretty jazz right. so I can go and actually play with the PS4 players um, uh, we're still working uh, between console and PC there's still that weird release lag yeah. right uh, yeah, it's anywhere six to eight weeks a lot of that has to do because of uh, when we make the, the game we have to run it through either Sony or Microsoft certification processes and that takes time, yeah. right? Um, but we are um, trying to close that gap. Um, I know on, on our, our Star Trek online game, um, we're getting better at closing that gap, and it's something on, on Neverwinter we're really working towards as well. So so console players, bear with us. Uh, we are working on that. Yeah. It's I'm, getting shorter and shorter. Yeah, it is. I'm, I'm mostly a console player, and it's it's actually been pretty awesome to see that it's only like a month or two out at this point, right? Basically, it's like, oh, look, two months, you'll yeah. have it. It's like, that's yeah, it's about, pretty awesome. It's like half a year or something, so that's that's it, exciting. Yeah, we've got it down to about six weeks right now, I think. That's awesome. Yeah, give or take. Yeah, and uh, it seems like the, the the number of people playing on PS4 has been crazy. Yeah. It's wicked cool. Uh, yeah, thanks, guys. Uh, it's, it's really fun. I'm excited to see all the console players playing. And um, really, uh, one of the things that we've been doing, uh, going back to that quality of life thing, is reviewing all of our UI and uh, looking at how it reads better on console. Right. Yeah. To make it mm -hmm. What do you end up doing for that? Is it just making, you know, text feel a little bit bigger so you can read it from 10 feet away you. if you're on the couch, that kind of thing? 
the, it, it, that's part of it. Uh, it. It's a myriad of things, uh, which button presses to do, where where the alignment is on the screen, um, uh, you know, uh, feedback, audio, things like that. And, and I, I, I should also say that as we're doing this, we're also cleaning up and trying to clean up the PC stuff too, right? It, it's, it, it's one and the same, uh, just trying to make it more facile. Um, but the cool thing about UI is uh, they're kind of like, like their UI artists and designers are like ninja, right? Like if they did something right, you don't notice it. Yeah. You only you only notice UI when it's broken. Yeah. <laughs> it's exactly what it's like. Like the people that I know that work in UI. First of all, out there, everybody, it's a real job. Crazy amount of stuff you have to do for UI. User interface. Yeah. And, and second, User it's exactly that. It's like, oh look, this this if it feels elegant, if you don't really know what's going on and it all just works correctly, then you won't know that the UI is awesome. But that's pretty much how it always is. You know, you know, as soon as like, man, this text is too small. Why is it down here in the left? I have to like look way down the bottom left of my screen to see this stuff because it's a little bit different than looking at a computer screen or whatever. So that's yeah. cool. I'm always, I shouldn't say I'm excited about UI changes because most of the time I don't notice. Like it, it just gets better, like you said, but mm -hmm. I like them. The quality of life improvements. Exactly. They excite me. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like when you buy a really nice pair of shoes and you put them on, you're like, oh yeah, these really fit. Yeah. After, it's that After wearing shoes for a long time. Right. Like, oh, this is what good shoes feel like. I forgot about yeah. that. Or the difference yeah, of like sitting in a, a, a luxury car for the first time. I've probably only done that like once in my life, but I'm like, oh right, everything is nice. Yeah. It's like the the leather seats and the you know these handles are made of wood. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, and and Greg, it's not just that it's nice, right? It's that it's that when you reach your hand out, it's right there. Exactly. Right. That's the thing. Like you're like, oh, right where my hand goes, that's exactly where the thing is. It's perfect. Right? It's like you it was that. designed that way. Yeah, yeah. So hats off to to UI and UX artists because they and engineers they. They do so much work the, that we just, you know, they're like the unsung heroes. Exactly. They're, they're the ninja champions. You don't ever see them doing their work. You don't even know that they've done it, but they've yeah. made a game rock. Yeah. And if you're looking uh, to get an industry job in the gamer industry, uh, it's, a, it's a highly sought after job. Good, good UI, good UX artists are we always need, on demand. We need more uxes out there. Uxes. Mm -hmm. Uxes and uxes. Exactly. Uh, awesome. Well, so, is there any other big things about Neverwinter you want to go over before uh, we let you go? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh my gosh. Uh, what have we talked about? We talked about everything. Uh, well, no, we talked about a lot of stuff with M11. Are there uh, any? Oh, we cool, didn't, are there any cool? We didn't talk about the new mount. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, you guys are so sympathetical. Yeah, we are. There's always a cool mount, man. <laughs> there is a there is a cool mount, and we actually we actually came up with three different cool mounts when we were like testing. Like, uh, hey, what do we want to do for the cool mount? And uh, this, then we did a team vote to see which one was the coolest. We actually, in playtests, we all drove, took them on test drives, nice. right? And they're like, hey, this one's got leather in the right places. <laughs> hey. uh, <laughs> uh, so, yes. And uh, the one that won uh, for this right now is uh, a really cool whirlwind. So it's going back to classic D&D, &D, the wizard casting a whirlwind yeah. and, and riding around on it, right? That's cool. So it's like the whirlwind kind of surrounding the the character. Exactly. Picks him up, lifts him up, and then you and then you go. That's right? cool. So akin to like a tensor's floating disc kind of thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's actually uh, one of the other mantras that uh, yeah under my new regime uh, <laughs> we've been doing. And something I talked actually to John File about and, and to Ben uh, up there at Wizards of the Coast was uh, we want to bring the D and D feeling 
you know, the Dungeons & Dragons feeling back to our items and stuff, too, right? Yeah. Yes. Tensor Splitting, this was a huge seller, right? You know, someday, I'd love to get the, the, the Hand of Vecna as, a, as an artifact that players could get, right? Oh, you man. Know? This guy right. has some horrible side effects. <laughs> hey, you know. Uh, <laughs> Vecna just shows up every once in a while, wants his hand back. Like, that could cause some problems. Like, uh, that's Maybe mine. the fingernail of Vecna. We'll start small. <laughs> the fingernail. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the cuticle of Vecna. The nose hair of Vecna. Some scary <laughs> stuff. But, yeah, but the, uh, the arcane whirlwind that we have uh, is just, it's really awesome. It picks you up and you're floating around on it. It goes really fast. It has this great effects on it. Uh, another thing it does, as it's crossing whatever terrain it's crossing, like it's going across dirt, it's kicking up dirt. If it's going across cobblestones, there's rocks flying up. That's you cool. know, going against grass, grass flying. There's a really great feel to it. That's so cool. I can't wait. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I'm excited for February 21st yes. uh, uh, on PC and six to eight weeks after that for console to, yeah. to check all this out. Yeah, man. That's going to be exciting. Thanks again so much, Thomas, for joining us. Where uh, can people find out more about... Uh, I know I don't think you're on the Twitters yet. Are you on the Twitters? I am not on the Twitters. All right. Uh, I do not Twitter yet. Uh, they can catch me on the forums, and uh, and our, uh, our CS person is trying to get me to do it on Reddit. So I'll yes. be on Reddit soon. And oh, apparently cool. they might be able to stalk you on PlayStation soon. Yeah, <laughs> totally, totally. You got to let us know what your uh, your character is, uh, so that all the all the players can go bug you. Yeah, that's that's a bad idea. Yeah, no, don't, don't do, do that. that. <laughs> yeah, I'll be Sir Greg of Tito. There we go. <laughs> I'm actually gonna make a Sir Greg of Tito now. That's a good idea. Run around with Sir Greg of Tito. I love it. All right, well, thanks a lot, Thomas, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thanks, Tom. Awesome, guys. Uh, cheers. Bye bye. Oh, man, Thomas Foss uh, can talk a lot about Neverwinter. Yeah, dude knows his stuff. He really does. It's really cool. He seems excited about the D&D stuff as well. It was cool to hear uh, a lot of the, the drawing people in with story and choice and agency and that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, and he's right that mages are uh, and wizards are such a big part of D&D lore and Neverwinter in general. Mm -hmm. So it's cool to see them return uh, and uh, see that the spell plague had an effect yeah. on, the, on, the, on the world and how we're dealing with those repercussions still. Yeah. There's a lot of cool stuff they're exploring. More of Neverwinter, you know, getting to be some of the big heroes of the game as, as your buddies and, and comrades at that point. That's pretty cool. So yeah. It's going to be awesome. What character are you going to play in the Cloak Descendancy, Trevor? Uh, well, I have a ranger that I have not leveled up as much as I would like. So that's 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 what I'm going to do. I'm not going to tell you his name because I'm so popular. Everybody would totally like want to play with me it's on the totally game. Like Trevor the Kid. Yeah, shut up. No, <laughs> it's, it's, well, my new character is going to be, oh, man. Sir Greg Tito. Yeah, Greg, Lord of Tito. Yeah, all right. I, I believe that. Doing it, and everybody can find me, and I'll be like, "I'm Rick Tito. He's got a beard. <laughs> he better have a braided beard." <laughs> awesome. Well, cool, uh, Trevor. Where can they find out about you and Under the Dragons on the Twitters? Well, I am the underscore Trevor underscore Kid on Twitter, and Under the Dragons is d Wizards underscore D N D because they don't like ampersands and, and names and stuff. So uh, that's where you can talk to us. Uh, Wizards D&D is me and other people, so Tito might respond to you. You won't know what we're like. We're like masked lords over there. Anybody could be the Wizards. We are the masked lords, are the of, masked the, lords. of the official Twitter. So we're, we're good masked lords. We're not like like evil, conniving masked Speak lords. Speak for yourself. Oh, God. Why you got to? <laughs> nice. Um, but no, that, that's where you can find us. Uh, Facebook, we have uh, the Dungeons & Dragons uh, Facebook page. And then on, on Tumblr, we're also, uh, I think we're... Wizards underscore D&D on that one too. Awesome. And then of course you can check out uh, dragonmag.com. Uh, that's where Dragon Plus resides. Mm -hmm. And then of course download it for your Android and or iOS device. Uh, there should be a new episode, episode, new issue coming out very soon, uh, which is all about um, 
Inspiration. Ooh, and, Inspiration. Uh, the cover itself might entice a few of you because it has kitties playing Dungeons and Dragons. This it's is the kitty one? It's the kitty one. Oh, it's cool. It's really cool. Uh, uh, and also, one last thing, if you'd like to hear us talk, you're not going to hear us talk at all on Tuesdays, but you can watch Chris Perkins run some awesome people through D&D every Tuesday on our Twitch channel. Uh, which I do believe is that one is probably Watsy underscore D and D because I did a horrible job naming everything back in the day. That is true. Um, yes, that is the Twitch. Watsy underscore D and D for Twitch, and yeah, that's that's Chris Perkins and the Waffle Crew, which is a whole bunch of cool people. That is at four o'clock p.m. Uh, Pacific, Pacific time. time every Tuesday, except for today, which is recorded in the past. So you don't care. Yeah, not on Valentine's Day. But not on Valentine's Day. Uh, Listen, every week. gamers got to love too. Okay, they do. There's so much love to give. Uh, I'm, of course, at Greg Tito Mm -hmm. on Twitter. Uh, You can message me any ideas for guests. Not porn. Okay. uh, Any um, uh, ideas you have for Lori Schnow segments or stage advice segments, uh, throw them my way. Yeah, we'd love to hear about the the podcast and the Twitch. Uh, Everything that we're doing, tell us what you like, what you want to see. Yep. Even tell us what you don't like. Just, you know, don't be jerks about it. And give us some rates and reviews on the places that have ratings and reviews because that always helps too. Yes. All right, you're all good people, um, unless those of you are neutral evil. That's okay. Most people probably don't. Okay. Well, good. We still love you, neutral evil types. Just don't, <laughs> just don't hurt us. We'll, we'll see you next week. <laughs>